Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. We're in this series called The Secret Sauce, Prayer and Fasting. We finished up our, prayer and fa- our fasting time uh, the first 21 days of the year, but we're still praying. And so we're going to be talking about that today. Uh, unfortunately, you don't have worship notes or worship notes, sermon notes in your worship guide this week. I was gone to a conference, and so I wasn't able to get those done in time before the worship guides were put together. But if you follow Version Bible app, you have sermon notes on there. You can follow along as well. So let's get our Bibles out. How many know whenever we open the Bible, we are expecting God to speak to us? We get excited about it. So if you've got them today, let's open them up to Mark chapter 11. Woo-hoo! Yes. Mark chapter 11, secret sauce, prayer and fasting. We've been given some basic principles of establishing prayer in our life because I'm believing in 2020 that your prayer life is going to go to new heights, that you're going to want to pray, that you're going to realize it's easy to pray. It's not intimidating to pray. So I've been giving you some, some principles we talked about. First is you set a time and a place to pray that you're going to schedule prayer, you're going to set a location for prayer, that every day you're going to meet with God. I don't tell you how long, just get together and meet with Him every day. Every day. It's not that, well, if I have extra time, then I'll pray. No, it's if I have time after I pray, I'll do these other things. Setting a time and place, you schedule. Number two, talked about what do we pray? We pray word-based prayers. In other words, we don't pray our wants, we pray what God says in His Word. I'm not telling God what I want. I'm just repeating back to him what he's already promised me. So we're praying his word, word word-based prayers. And then number three, we talked about how do we pray? How do we pray? We pray bold and we pray believing. Pray bold and we pray believing. So we finished up praying bold last week. We were talking in Luke chapter 18 where Jesus said that uh, he spoke this parable to him that men ought always to pray and not lose heart. But at the end in verse 8, he says, When the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on the earth? So we're praying bold, praying bold, but we also want to pray believing. Because he said, hey, when I come back, am I really going to find faith? So what does he mean about that? So we're going to launch into praying believing. You've got Mark chapter 11? All right, let's look at verse 12. Start reading there, and it says, Now the next day, when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the disciples heard it. Jump down to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree. It was dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering what Jesus said, said to him, Rabbi, look. The fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Isn't that crazy? I added that part. Verse 22. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray... Believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you come and bring life to it, bring clarity of communication and clarity of understanding. Lord, we want to hear what you have to say to us. So I thank you, Lord, that your word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. 
So I pray that you will help pierce between the joints and the marrow and begin to pierce between the soul and the spirit. And I thank you, Lord, that you're moving in our lives and bringing truth to us, that your word is truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, we notice this story here. Jesus is walking and he's heading back out from Bethany. And notice it says he was hungry. It's good to know that Jesus dealt with hunger just like us. You know, he got hungry. He's the son of God. So that's kind of encouraging. Jesus was hungry. And, he, and he's seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. So now notice he's, he's at a distance and he, he peeps this tree out there. And it's, it's got leaves on it. It's a fig tree. And he, so he starts getting excited. He went to see if perhaps he'd find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it's not the season for figs. So then he goes on and, you know, it says, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. I'm like, you know, I used to wonder, Lord Jesus, why did you get so angry at this tree? You know, so it shows us that he was hangry, not just hungry. <laughs> and because and, it says, it says plainly, you know, this tree had leaves on it, but it wasn't the season for figs. And so he comes up to get something to eat, and there's no, there's no figs on it. And so he says, well, then let no one eat fruit from you ever again. I'm like, Man, that's a little harsh. Not the season, Lord. Not supposed to be fruit. But then I studied a little bit. And this is, again, why we have to study the Bible. Because I didn't know this about fig trees. Fig trees, when they harvest the figs, they, the ripened figs, actually happens from about mid-August to, to mid-October. And they, they pull out these figs. They're uh, good to eat and all that. But after October, right before the wintertime, the fig tree actually produces these little knobs or these, these uh, they're called pajim uh, or something like that, P-A-G-G-I-M in the Hebrew. But it's, there's these little, little knobs that don't really grow very big, but they endure through the wintertime. They just sit there. But then after the wintertime, these knobs just begin to swell up and get a lot bigger. And some of the native people will actually pick these and eat them. They're not the ripe uh, figs from the summertime. They're not ready for that. But they have grown and expanded, and you can actually eat them. And so that happens somewhere in the March to April that they start swelling, and these knobs are there. And then after that, in April, leaves actually start to grow and bud off of these same trees. So in, the, in this context, when you see a fig tree with leaves... You should expect to find these knobs because these knobs come first and then the leaves. So when Jesus saw this tree from afar and he saw the leaves, he was like, oh, I'm going to get me some knobs. Because <laughs> he's, he's, he's Jewish. It's what they, they eat them. And so he comes strolling up on this tree expecting to find us. The Bible says he found nothing but the leaves. So this tree was given the appearance of being fruitful. On the outside, it looked fruitful, but there was no substance to it. It, it went to church. <laughs> I'm not talking to people watching online. I'm just, it, 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 it looked like it. It looked from the outside. It knew how to act in church. It had leaves. But when you got up close to it, something was missing. Jesus said that by your fruits, by their fruits, you will know people. 
How many times of our life will we put on the outward appearance like we know what's going on, we know what's up, but we know on the inside things aren't right? And this is the kind of life that God's calling to us. He's not calling us to the far off look good life. We all look good from afar. How about the people that's close to you? You know, the people who I'm trying to impress is not the ones watching online or the ones sitting here. It's the ones on this front row that see me every day. That's the ones I want to impress. I want them to see Jesus in me because they're up close to me. I'm not putting on leaves with no fruit. God's saying, listen, you got to live a life when people get close to you. You actually look better than you did from afar. It's the life that he's called. So, they, so he, gets, he sees this fig tree. And so I thought, you know, Lord, why don't, why don't, why don't, why don't, why don't you just bless the tree? You don't know fruit on just, oh, a tree, I bless you. Where's some knobs? Because I'm thinking Jesus could have done that. But this tree was not producing fruit, and it had the leaves on it. So Jesus just came into agreement with whatever it already was. And so here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking about that God's wanting to empower what we choose to be. If we choose to walk away from him and be this over here, that's not his desire for you. But we will empower that decision. We will empower that choice. And so God's saying, listen, I want to call you out of that. And so he sees this tree. He gets hangry about it. He says, no one's going to eat from you ever again. Jump down to verse 20. Or sorry, verse, yeah, verse 20. And so then the disciples pass by and they're tripping. They're like, Jesus, are you serious? That fig tree. You know, the one that you cursed? Because you know, notice what it said. He's talking to the tree. Because look what it says. I don't want to miss this part. It says, and when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it is not the season for his leaves. But, verse 14, in response, Jesus said to it. Said to it. Who's it? The tree. And it says the disciples heard it. Why is Jesus talking to a tree? I'm imagining, I'm putting myself in this position. The disciples are probably wondering the same thing. I'm just imagining Peter looking at John going, dude, I told you Messiah had been out in the sun too long, bro. He's talking to trees. But notice what it says. In response, Jesus said to it, in response. When you respond to someone, is that because they initiated or are you responding because they started? When you respond, it's because someone else is speaking to you, so you respond. When you respond to an email, it's because you received an email. When you respond to a text message, it's because someone hit you up with a text message. That's what it says in Jesus, in response. So he's talking to a tree. Why was he responding to a tree? Because the tree was talking to him. The tree was saying something. How many times are our circumstances saying something to us and we need to respond? Because the enemy is going to speak into our head, speak into our mind. Has anybody ever had your circumstances talk to you and you needed to say something back? I'm telling you, we need to respond when the enemy's telling lies and throwing thoughts into your head that don't from, come from God. Don't just sit there and take it. Don't just let them thoughts bombard you. You need to respond back and say something of what God says about you. We got to give a response. The disciples heard it. Jump down to verse 22. So they were amazed by this tree, you know, withering away. And, and what was Jesus' big response to them? You know, like, hey, Jesus, how, 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 how did you do that? At verse 22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, the word faith is very important. The word faith means to believe to the extent of complete trust or reliance on. 
So when we say have faith in God, it's not just saying I believe that he exists. It is not faith just to believe that God exists. Faith is the place this word means to believe to the extent of complete trust or reliance on. Let me give you an example. James chapter 2 verse 19. You believe that there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. We don't get a lot of credibility because we believe there's a God. The demons believe there's a God. And they're going to spend eternity separated from God. Well, I believe in God. Yeah, you believe he exists. But have you put your whole trust and reliance on him yet? That's faith. Faith is when I believe him to the extent that I put all my hope. I rely on him. I trust in him. He is my answer. Now I'm in faith. Have faith in God. Have faith in God, not faith in ourselves. How many times do we put faith in ourselves? In our own abilities, our own resources, our own intelligence, our own ability to provide for our needs. He says, have your faith in God. We're going to run into issues sometimes. We're going to run into circumstances, and God's encouraging us. We've got to make sure we have faith, complete reliance and trust in Him. Have faith in God. Put your faith in God. Have faith in who He is. Are we trusting and relying on ourselves, or are we trusting and relying on what He can do? Are you, are you getting discouraged because you see what only you can do in your situation, or are you really trusting God that He can do anything? Mark chapter 10, verse 27 says this, But Jesus looked at them and said, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God, how many things are possible? All, All things. Do you believe it? I know that's the right Christian thing to say. But how about when you're facing that situation, you don't know what to do? you got to know with God, it's all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. you got to tell yourself, with God, I, I can't do it, but I'm still going to put my faith in God. I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. I'm going to put my faith in God, not in myself. That's what he's saying, have faith in God. Now look what he says after that. So have faith in God, so we got to start there. That's your first step. Have faith in who? Put your faith in God, your trust, your reliance on him. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, hold up, he's talking to trees. No, he's telling us to talk to mountains. <laughs> whoever says to this mountain, why are we talking to a mountain? Because mountains are talking to us. Mountain of fear, intimidation, discouragement, depression, failure, opposition, anxiety, whatever it may be. We're having mountains talk to us every day. What are we saying in response? What are we saying back when the devil tells you in your mind, you'll never be able to do it. It's never going to change. They're not going to change. He's not going to change. You're never going to be able to make, meet that financial need. It's never going to happen. Your mountain is screaming to you. He says, have faith in God and then say to your mountain. He doesn't say go to God and say, God, when are you going to do something about this mountain? He says, you speak to your mountain. Don't speak to your mountain without step one. I don't speak to my mountain from faith in Chad. I have to have faith in God. I'm not, I'm not speaking to my mountain from my desires. I'm speaking to my mountain from faith in God. Faith in his word. We have to get to this place where we pray till we have faith in God. And then we speak to our situation. Too many times we get discouraged because we're speaking to our mountain out of our own strength and our own desires. And God said, no, I want you to speak to him from the place of faith. Speak to this mountain. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not fleshly, but they are mighty through God 
to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What am I saying? When you're getting bombarded with thoughts from the enemy, you need to respond and take those thoughts captive and say to that mountain of fear, discouragement, anxiety, you will not possess me today. Get out. I've not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of sound mind. Thank you, Lord. I thank you that the joy of the Lord is my strength. I cast aside those thoughts. No, I tell you, mountain of fear, get out of my life. Mountain of anxiety, get out of my life. Be anxious for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication. Let my request be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard my heart and my mind. Thank you, Lord. Talk to your mountain. Talk to your mountain. Well, shouldn't God just do that for me? He did it for you. He provided the way. He provided you the opportunity. He gave you his name. He gave you his authority. He gave you everything you need. Now go. He gave you your badge and your gun. Now go enforce the law. He didn't tell you to write the law. He wrote the law. I'm not making any laws. I'm enforcing his laws. All right, so speak to your mountain. Look at your neighbor and say, talk to yourself. Yeah, talk to yourself. Now look at the next part. Some of you don't have any problem with that at all. That's all right. I talk to myself all the time. Whoever says to this mountain, says to this mountain, be removed. Be removed. Notice be removed is starting with a verb. So grammar students, that's an understood subject. So it's you understood. So who are you telling to be removed? The mountain is the subject. Mountain, be removed. Be removed. And then does not doubt in his heart. Does not doubt in his heart. This is important for us to understand what that means. The word doubt, by definition, means simply this. It means to withdraw from, to pause or hold back, to separate or go in contrary directions. So when you're praying, he says, if you do not doubt in your heart, to pause, to withdraw, to hold back, to go in contrary directions. Let me encourage you. Sometimes when you talk about faith, people get really discouraged because they thought if they have doubting thoughts, then they're disqualified. I want to encourage you. We all have doubting thoughts. The scripture does not say, and don't have any doubting thoughts. He says, do not let doubt get in your heart. It's a big difference. Don't let it get down in your heart. I can have thoughts going around up here, but I got to prevent them from getting in my heart and causing me to go in different directions from what God has told me. I can have a doubting thought and still go in the right direction. You know what I'm talking about? Sometimes I go in the right direction with a bunch of doubting thoughts nagging at me on the way. So you, we, we just think that each other, that somebody else never has those thoughts. Nobody else has those problems. Well, guess what? Sometimes people go in the right direction, don't know if they're going the right direction or not. They're just going because they believe that's what God's told them. Sometimes we get, so we don't let it get in our hearts. If I don't let it get in my heart, that means I won't let it cause me to withdraw or hold back. I'm not stopping. I'm going to keep going. I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I'm not going to let it get in my heart because I'm going to keep coming. We coming. We coming. We ain't backing down. Hey, you may have some doubting thoughts, but keep coming. Keep coming. That mountain may not be removed on the first time you tell it to go, but keep coming. 
Keep speaking, keep praying. Be removed, be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart. I will not let it get in my heart. But believes that those things that he says will be done. Notice the contrast. He contrasts doubting in his heart with, uh, sorry, yeah, doubting in his heart with believes that those things he says will be done. Don't let it, doubting get in your heart, but believe that those things he says will be done. Notice this in scripture. It's very important for us to understand about praying in faith. Don't let doubt get in my heart, but the things that I speak matter. We know this from Romans chapter 10, verse 10. It says this, for with the heart, man believes unto righteousness. We believe with our heart. I'm not talking about that blood pump, that organ. When I talk about heart, I'm talking about your spirit, who you really are on the inside. We don't believe with our brain. So stop going to your logic and your reason to ask for permission if it's true or not. I don't believe with my thoughts. I believe with my heart. I believe with what God's put on the inside of me. So he says, with the heart, man believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Notice what's working together. When I put God's word into my heart, then I'm going to begin to speak from what God has put in my heart out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so we want to make sure that we're believing and speaking according to what God says. Let me use an illustration to point this out. I brought my, brought my seed spreader. I'm getting a, some free fertilizer from Scott's for this <laughs> advertisement. What happens when this seed spreader is that I, I put the seed on the inside and I, and I walk around and maybe you've got the soil worked up or whatever and you begin to scatter this. Maybe you've got weed killer in there. And you just begin to crank this thing and it starts scattering seed everywhere, all over the place. And then once it gets to the ground, the ground already knows to grow whatever's planted. God created the ground where it grows. You put a seed in the ground, it's going to grow. How? We don't know. This is the way God made it. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to pray over the ground to make it. It just in the ground itself, it causes it to sprout and grow up. So now, our heart is the same way. Your heart, my heart, is a produce center. Your heart will produce whatever seed is sown into it, good or bad. Notice what it says here in Mark chapter 4. It says, the sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. The sower sows the word. What kind of word? It depends. It could be good word or bad word. But when they hear, 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 what are they hearing? When they hear, what are they hearing? Hearing words. When they're hearing words, notice what happens. Words begin to plant in their heart. In this case, they're talking about sowing the word of God. Satan comes immediately to take away the word that was sown in their what? In their, in their hearts. But now notice in Matthew chapter 13, this ties together. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, in his heart. But while men slept... His enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. Here's what happened. We can sow good seed in our heart, but if we fall asleep spiritually, guess what? We're not the only ones trying to sow seed into our hearts. The enemy's also trying to sow seed into your hearts. 
There's people like this. You can come to church and people try and sow seed into your heart, encourage you in what God wants to do. Guess what? The devil's also trying to sow seeds into your heart. And it comes by what you hear. You can sow seed into your own heart by your own words. Mouth confession is made unto salvation. So now here's what we got to do. We got to put God's word in our heart and let it come out of our mouth. And we start sowing seed into our heart and we will produce out of the words that we put into our heart. But the same thing will happen if we will listen or maybe I start agreeing with the thoughts of what the enemy says. Well, that's never going to happen. They're never going to change. My kids are never going to change. My spouse is never going to go. It's never going to work out. We're never going to be able to pay for this. I'm never going to get better. What are we doing? I heard people say all the time, which that doesn't matter what I say. It does matter. Because what we say, we're sowing into our hearts. And we got to sow faith into our hearts. we got to sow God's word in our hearts. When someone says something about you that does not agree with what God says about you, you got to say, ha ha, no way. No seeds getting into my heart. Lord, some friend comes up and says something about you. You know that's not true. As soon, you don't have to do it in their faith, but as soon as they walk away, you say, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Thank you, Jesus. I have a purpose. I have a plan for my life. Carry one of these around if you need to. Just begin to go there and say, God, I thank you, Lord, that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that my marriage is going to be restored. I give you praise. So seeds. Because I promise you, Watch the news, watch Facebook, watch social media all over. It doesn't matter. All kinds of people trying to sow into your life. And not everybody's sowing good things. (laughs) Sow some seed. So now let's look at the next part. Let's finish with this. With a heart, we believe. Those things that he says will be done. We will have whatever he says. We're sowing good seeds. We're sowing God's seeds. I'm not sowing discouraging, depressive words anymore. I'm sowing the word of God. I'm not sowing anxiety and fear and worry anymore. I'm sowing the peace of God that passes all understanding. Verse 24. Therefore I say to you. This is good. Therefore I say to you. What does he say to you? Whatever things you ask. When you pray. When you pray. We're talking about praying, believing. When you pray. Everybody say when you pray. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe. Everybody say believe. Believe Believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, you will have them. This story is also told in Matthew chapter 21. And I want to read from that. And I want to put these together as we get ready to close. So Jesus answered and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt. We know what that means now. It doesn't mean I don't have doubting thoughts. I just don't let the doubt get down in my heart. You will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but also if you say to your mountain, whatever it is in your life, be removed and be cast into the sea. How am I speaking that? How am I telling my my mountain to move? Because I have faith in God. Step one. Be removed, be cast into the sea. It will be done. Here's the kicker. Verse 22. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Let's say that again. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. Now, we can think that this verse says that if we will just believe enough, then God will give us what we're praying for. I used to think that that's what that meant. What do we ask for in prayer, believing, 
you'll receive. So evidently, I need to get more believing, and then God will give me. Evidently, God's not giving me because I'm not believing. That's what I used to think. That's not what the scripture means. Are you ready? We're going to piece this together. Again, this is my interpretation. If you don't like it, then you can get your own interpretation, but I'm preaching today. So you can... Before, well, I, I just want to encourage people because people, we used to get so discouraged because everything, the answer was a lack of faith. So there was always condescending and beating people down. And I want you to understand how this works. And so here's what I, I want to break down two words. They're very important. The word believing, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you'll receive. Believing, you'll receive. And we'll get to that verse so I can see it here. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you'll receive. The word believing means to have faith. We talked about it. To believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance on. Are you firmly persuaded? We often pray from the place of wanting or needing, but we stop short of getting to a place of a position of believing. Whatever you pray, believing. Don't stop your prayers because you got to a place where you realize you need something. Begin to sow God's word in your heart until you come to a place of believing. Whatever you pray, believing, firmly persuaded, to believe to the extent of complete trust and reliance on. You can't do that just because I want it or need it. The only thing that will produce that kind of faith is the word of God. Faith comes by hearing in the word of God, hearing by the word of God. So when I keep speaking God's word over my situation, it will grow faith in you. And from that place is where we pray from. We pray from faith from believing. And I don't get there just by saying, huh, I think I need that. God give me. No, he's not Santa Claus. We pray from believing. All right. Now, so, so that's that part. It'll be okay. It's been through the mill. Now, second part, receiving. What does it mean to receive? The Greek word lambano means to receive. We did this earlier in this series. It means to receive or accept an object or benefit for which the initiative, remember this part, it's so important. The initiative rests with the giver but the focus of attention and the transfer is upon the receiver. The initiative rests with the giver, but the focus of attention of the transfer is on the receiver. So now, the concept of prayer, we're talking about praying and faith believing, is not making something available to us that is not available or persuading God to give us something he didn't want to give us, but rather it is finding and grabbing hold of what he has already made available. So, Believing, firmly convinced and persuaded. Receiving means to take and grab hold of where the initiative is on the giver, but the transfer is on my side. Let me illustrate believing and receiving to you. You ready? I need three volunteers. Three volunteers. Just come to the front right here. Three of you, just three. Just hurry up the first three, get it. One, two, three. There we are. All right, just stand right here. See where? That's good. All right. All right. Okay, I've got here just some random donuts. Don't you wish you'd raised your hand? That's why I didn't show the donuts first, because I didn't want to stampede. I don't want to give you a napkin. You might need that, because I want you to enjoy these. Just take one. There you go. Take one. Oh. All right. Now, I want you to just pick one. Oh, you didn't hesitate at all. How about you? you pick one. Pick one. Oh. Are you sure? Okay, that one. How about you? Come on. Okay, great. 
All right, guys, you go ahead and just go to your seat. Eat them. That's the easiest illustration you'll ever be a part of in your life. <laughs> now, I want to I I illustrate believing and receiving. How much faith did it take on their part to get me to offer it? None. Took no faith on their part for me to make it available. But it took faith on their part to take it. Do you notice what they did? This morning, and this happens every Sunday morning here in North City, I take Lucas to go get his donuts, and he stands at the counter, and he just scans. It's a massive sea of donuts. And he just looks and looks and looks. And finally... You know, the people at the counter, they're so gracious, and, and he'll point that one. And they're like, this one? Mm-mm, that one. This one? Mm-mm, that one. This one. And they finally get on the same page. Notice when they looked at these, they looked at them, and they decided which one they believed they would like. He grabbed the one that she wanted. So after he grabbed the one that she believed she would like the most, she was like, well, now what am I going to take? So then she found the next one that she believed she would like. And then she took the last one. Renee took the last one or the one that she thought she would like. Notice there's three others still available. But they took the one that they believed they would like. It took no faith. Faith does not cause the options to appear. Faith causes me to take what's available. We've, we've got it mixed up. We think that faith, when we pray in faith, that that causes God to want to give me something. No, no, he already wants to give you something. He's already made it available. I gave them the options. They could have had anyone they want. They picked once ones they believed they would like. This is why God gives us options. He gives us options in his word. He says, this is all available to you. Which one do you want? And we don't take all of them because some of them, we haven't come to a place where we believe we will like it yet. We haven't come to a place where we believe that that's my answer yet. I still think that the cream horn is the better one, so I'm going to take... I'm not going to take that one. I, I'm still not sure about cake donuts yet, so I'm not, I'm not sure. Does that have, what kind of filling is that? You know, you look at that, you're like, just that white, is that yellow? Ooh, I don't like the yellow gooey stuff. So you don't, you don't want to take one of them donuts with the mystery filling? You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> so we, we pick donuts based on the one we believe. We take it, we receive it based on the one we believe we will like. That we have faith that it will be good. Oh, I know that would be good. Those cake donuts with the sprinkles. Oh, yes, sir. I have faith that that's going to be good. You don't know if it's going to be good or not. It could have been soaked in vinegar. <laughs> but they took them. They took them in faith. Notice, I'm going to put this together. Are you ready? Whatever things we pray, believing, we will receive. Whatever things we pray, believing, we will take hold of. What are things that God has offered you? What are things that God has offered you that you've just not believed yet, so you haven't grabbed hold of it? You haven't believed that his peace will truly be the answer for your life. 
He's offering his peace to you. You haven't truly believed that his joy could be your strength in your situation, so you haven't taken it yet. Does that mean his joy is not available to you? Oh, it's available to you, but you haven't taken it yet by faith. By faith means that you trust and rely on it and you depend on his joy. I trust and rely on his word. When we take his word by faith, that means there is no other option for me. I'm going for it. I don't want the cream filling. I want your word. This is the illustration of faith believing and receiving that I believe. I love. I want to eat that cake chocolate donut right now. (laughs) Because I believe it's good. I've had one. This, this little apple fritter thing out there, I believe it's good. <laughs> you know why? Because I've had one. Come on, listen. The Lord's going to drop something in your lap. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Once you let the Lord supply some of your needs in your life, you'll get a taste for him. And once you get a taste for him, nothing else can supply your needs like he can. You won't go to num- some little crummy donut. You'll go to the word of God and you'll say, God, you're going to supply my need. You're going to, I believe it, so I receive it. You'll say things like this, God, if you could help me in that area of my life, you can help me in this area of my life. If you could help me through that, if you brought me through that situation, I believe that you can help me in this, so I'll take you in this situation. I'll take you in that situation. I'll take you in that situation. I receive what you provide for me in Jesus' name. Whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, that's what you will receive. But the things in prayer that you do not believe yet, you will not receive. You won't take it. You'll be like, I just don't see how that can happen. I just don't see how God can work that out. I know, God, you said you can restore all things, and I I know you promised in your word you can do that, but I just don't see it. Because you don't see it and don't believe it, you will never grab hold of it and make it yours. Receiving Labano is when I say, oh, it's available? It's going to be mine. Labano, receiving doesn't make somebody give you anything. Praying in faith doesn't make something come available. It doesn't make God give you anything. It doesn't twist his arm and say, oh, by your faith, I'm going to have to do it. I guess you prayed hard enough. No, his, my faith is my, me taking what he's already provided. What do you need to receive this morning? It's available. I know some of you wanting these donuts. But right here, there's promises in God's word that can restore your mind, restore your relationships, restore your peace, remove worry, fear. Just because you have doubting thoughts, just because you have troubles in your mind, don't give up. You keep speaking to that mountain. Be removed. Be removed. You're not going to get me. I'm coming. I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming and I ain't backing down. I'm keep coming. I believe. I'm convinced that it's going to be good. I'm convinced that the Lord is good. So I'm going to trust him with all my heart. I'm not going to lean on my own understanding, but in all my ways, I'm going to acknowledge you, Lord, and you're going to direct my path. I believe that you give me wisdom. I know that the world gives wisdom, but I've tasted of the Lord's wisdom. And I believe your word wisdom is better, God. So I take what you say. And I know it makes no sense to anybody else. It doesn't make sense to those people that I'm telling this is what God's telling me to do. But I trust your wisdom. I have faith in it. So I receive it. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.